Hello, hello, hello. That's my new way of starting an episode. What do you think? <laughs> I like it. Although you, I wasn't sure if you were talking to me or the earbuds. I guess I, it could be both. <laughs> I'm talking to everyone. I'm talking to everyone. Everybody. You know, oh, it's so nice to be back. After our one week break, I can tell you that I want more breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Breaks are nice. You breaks know. are nice. I mean, I feel like Science um, Friday, the NPR podcast, is always taking breaks. They're like, here's one of our favorite episodes, you know? Right. You know, you got to take care of yourself. Uh, just like you got to take care of yourself with really nice underwear. Oh, sometimes. my God. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, that is so crazy because I really want underwear that makes me feel comfortable in my body and comes in a variety of shapes and sizes, just like we all do. Yes, I as well like <laughs> underwear like that. I like underwear that comes in all kinds of styles, like bikinis, briefs, boxy briefs, trunks, boy shorts, soft bras, razorback bras. Man, there's nothing better than like taking a a warm shower right before you go to bed and then putting on some like really soft underwear. Oh man, some nice clean underwear. Well, the good news mm-hmm. is, is that Tomboy X makes underwear and it's on you <laughs> to keep it clean, everybody. Tomboy X is one of those companies that makes underwear that doesn't just fit you, but fits, I mean, any of your friends. It comes in sizes from extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing under that anybody feels comfortable in. Hannah Gelb, do you want to do the part where you tell them where to go for Tomboy X stuff? Oh, absolutely. All right. I'm rooting for you. Here we go. Here we go. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. I don't know why we're in a car, but we are. (laughs) Vroom, vroom, baby. Uh, yes. Yeah, so earbuds, you should go to tomboyx.com slash Hanalyze and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Hanalyze this listeners will get an extra 15% off with the code Hanalyze. Again, the code is Hanalyze for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to tomboyx.com slash Hanalyze. Oh my goodness. I am so proud of you, dude. And I'm so proud oh, of thanks, us. Buddy. You know why? I mean, sh- why? Because we have another guest on today's episode. We've suckered yet another person into joining us for Analyze This. <laughs> oh, amazing how we keep doing that. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness, it's a merging of worlds. Hank Green and Hannah Gelb, two HGs for the price of one. <laughs> what oh, an auspicious day. Hank, thank you so much for oh. being here. Hey, thank you for having me. I get two Hannahs. (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) So, Hank, I just learned that you live in Missoula, and I want to go there I live in Missoula, Montana. That's correct. Can you um, describe it, please, in all of its wonder? Just a little bit. (laughs) Um, So, Missoula is uh, a town that is built on an ancient glacial uh, glacial lake bed. So, once upon a time, there was a giant ice dam, and there was a really big lake that, uh, that... in part, was the valley that is here. So it's a very flat valley bottom surrounded by mountains. And, uh, and you can even see, like, the the rings where the lake used to be on the sides of the mountains and, like, where the shore used to be. Wow. So where I'm sitting right now, used like, fairly recently in geologic history was probably 50 or 60 feet below water. And, uh, and that means that it's a nice, fertile place. Uh, so there's lots of farms uh, mostly people grow hay though because you need a pretty it's a pretty short growing season people also grow uh cows here <laughs> and and bison uh, uh yeah bison grew here before people were even here yep and uh it's a lovely place it's a college town it's a sixty thousand person city that is not the suburb of anywhere else so we have all of the resources that we're gonna get if I want more than I have here, I have to go to Spokane or possibly Seattle, and that's a long, long ways away. Wow. Wow. What a beautiful, succinct, and very scientific description. I love it. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Isn't it great to always be able to gaze out at a mountain and think about how short a period of time humanity has been yeah. here on the planet? Wow. And I imagine you get good yeah. stars out there as well. We get what? Like good stars, star, star looking. 
yeah yeah in the city not as much like it is it is a, a proper city so we have light pollution here like in any other small town um but yeah not not far away like we do our staff retreats uh, at a like a weird hot spring and it you just like you can go up on the roof and just look and see the whole milky way it's amazing wow Uh, you know i really enjoy doing analyzes because it gives me an opportunity to um just at first just catch up with friends that i haven't talked to in a minute (laughs) and i'm going to use my podcast to say this hank i'm reading a really wonderful book right now called sapiens have you heard of it Ooh, yeah, I have heard of Sapiens. I have not read Sapiens. It's on my nightstand, though. You, oh, my God. Just start reading it. You won't be able to put it down. It is fascinating. <laughs> it is so good. I thought you were going to say, yeah. Hank, I'm reading this really amazing book. Uh, you wrote it. <laughs> that is also what I expected to have happen. Is that okay for me to say? Oh, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about humanity's insecurity <laughs> of being the apex predator because we have only been it for the last 70,000 years, so we have no majesty mm-hmm. as a people. You know, lions and sharks and shit have been doing this for millennia, and humans come along, and they're like, oops, we use our hands, and now we're God. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have consciousness. Yeah, and it's not doing us any good. <laughs> You're right. It was terrible I mean, from the beginning. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that bears and sharks don't. Well, maybe not sharks, but I think bears might have consciousness. What we have is the ability to communicate with each other and be like, hey, have you tried this? Mm-hmm. Right. And We're like, hey, did you man. see that episode of The Good Place? Can bears <laughs> do that? I don't think so. <laughs> it's true. We can form tribes greater than what animals can because you're right. It's really about sharing knowledge and information and communication, <laughs> much like what we hope to do here today. Mm, mm. Let's tell the story of ourselves, everyone. Everyone. Well, um, what we want to, what we were talking about in the car was really just kind of wanting to talk to you about dun da 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 fatherhood. Oh, okay. But of course, if you do want to talk about your book, go ahead and do that also. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you listening, Hank recently uh, gave birth to an amazing literary work. (laughs) It is a fiction called An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. He has written it. It is a mixture of many different genres and worlds. Uh, I think that as a first-time fiction writer, a published fiction writer, I teased... Hank lovingly by saying, "What gives you the right?" <laughs> <laughs> and to yeah, be good I, at it. Honestly, I, I I felt I felt that way, um, and I I uh, I felt that way, and up until I started to share it with my author friends, who were like, "This is very good," and I was like, "Okay, well, I guess I, if you say so, then it must be true." Oh, good. Published famous author person who is not my brother. Um, <laughs> Because I figured my brother would just lie to me about it. Uh, you are the younger wouldn't. sibling. I don't know, but you know, brothers. Yeah. Uh, and I actually did. I finished the book in while I was on paternity leave. So I that is how I managed to uh, to take my break. Mm-hmm. Apparently, <laughs> like instead of you know just just spending time with my newborn, I also uh, I also finished my book because suddenly I had a lot of free time, which mm. was I gotta tell you. As a creative person who who is you know sort of been in the throes of um, you know all like opportunities wonderful opportunities that have come because of of you know luck and work um, I uh, really recommend taking a break and letting letting sort of like other things rise up in mm. the space that that otherwise would be taken up completely by. You know the 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 great news, the best possible situation of having too much stuff to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you are telling anyway, me to quit my job. So so I'm telling you, <laughs> Hannah, have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, Hannah Hart, uh, who has been just <clears throat> frankly living in burnout for like maybe a solid two yeah. years. Uh, yeah. I'm just. <gasps> yeah, I've reached dude. the point where I'm like, mm, am I just waiting for death? Maybe I should take a break. <laughs> But you know what I do instead? I play. add more things to my plate. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah. say play oh, Red Dead good. Redemption. Also that. Yeah. Um, Hannah, do you have a question? I saw you hold up your finger like. Eh. Oh, I, um, that was just a response to Hank talking. Ah, just like, like ah. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, um, Hank, do you want to give like a, a brief summary of the book? And like, obviously, we're all very excited about the book. But we so we you know we so we've talked about motherhood and parenting and our experiences. And as to you know cisgender women, we have talked about the pressure of child rearing, et cetera, et cetera. But we rarely get the opportunity to talk to a man about what it means to be a father. And I think that you and I are close enough where I have the gall to talk to you about it. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm super into that. Um, it's a, it is a very interesting process, and, and also it is, um, I think that it is a, a role in flux. Like, I, I think that if, if this was, you know, 40 years ago, I'd have a much more solid idea of what my role as a father mm. was, w- was supposed to be. You know, like, you go out and you provide the, you know, resources for your uh, your wife yeah. to be a mother. And that is your, like, that's a lot of fatherhood. And then, like, maybe once, like, a, a, when the kid's, like, old enough to play catch, you can play catch <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know, do sport things with the, with the child. Right. But, um, you know, I know that, like, early child stuff, tr- like, Traditional, traditionally in America yeah. and, until, you know, maybe the last 30 years was really like dudes didn't even change diapers like men That's did so not crazy. like i i know men who are in their 60s who have multiple children and who have never changed a diaper and i'm just like uh, <laughs> that makes me mad i'm yeah. not even a mom <laughs> I'm mad about that. It's crazy because like, I feel like a lot of what society for the nuclear family and the brief time that it's existed in the way that it has, you know, society has been like, oh, this is a framework that we've been working with traditionally. But heads up, everybody. It's not like that's been going great. You know, Mm. if that hasn't been going well, Mm -hmm. society is in shambles. The world is on fire. Right. Uh, Well, and and uh, is is the world on fire? Like San Francisco? No, it is. (laughs) California is on fire. Did you know? Did you know that San Francisco's air quality (laughs) is the worst in the world right now? The world worse than Beijing. Yeah. No, I mean, that happens in Missoula sometimes too. We we have yeah. I mean, like we we both live in places that that struggle with uh, with forest fires. No one, though, no one has in the history of America ever struggled with a forest fire like uh, or a, a wildfire like you've been dealing with in California right now. It's so so dark. There so- there are lots. There are many ways in which the world is better now than it used to be. Yes, yeah, I, I will say. You know, like it. it is within living memory when most people didn't have refrigerators and like it's easy to it's easy to forget that like you know that luxury is a nice luxury like that we have hot running water in our houses is like i can take a hot shower whenever i want to that's you know i just wish that we had structured everybody's having of refrigerators in a way that would be consistent and sustainable but let's not i digress Because we did not prepare for Hank it. is talking like someone who just brought a little bundle of joy and optimism <laughs> into the world. You're and right. every time he looks upon it, he's like, there's hope walking yeah. around in front of me. It's my or, own heart. Or maybe, or maybe just wants to have hope because like, <laughs> yeah. otherwise I've done a terrible thing to this child by bringing it into this particular world. Uh, oh, my um, God. No, I think there's there's definitely there's definitely good, there's definitely bad. It 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 is much easier to see the good on larger time scales and much easier to see the bad when we're just sort of witnessing what's happening right now. Yeah. Um and and, and in you know, in many ways like just because it's better now does not mean it's good. Right. Also. Ooh. Like does not mean that this is a fair world or a just world. And mm. um, You got away with words, so, man. You have got away yeah. with words. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Hannah. Um, but it, but anyway, fatherhood. I, uh, well, yeah. I, well, so here's my question. I have a series of questions I'd like to ask. Okay. Okay. Um, well, one of them is like, or rather observations, because I feel like the education around parenting and postpartum life and uh, and in my super hyper liberal California bubble and personal self-help mental health hobbyist space, <laughs> there's... <laughs> So maybe not. Hashtag. <laughs> Analyze this. Um, it seems to me that there's a lot of education coming forward about uh, support for the family in times if like after the baby, the mom has a depressive episode, a psychotic mm-hmm. episode. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen to the body hormonally and chemically after the child's born. But 
I don't think there's as much research as the generation of men that you're in who were raised by the men who never changed diapers, but are have grown up to be the men who do change diapers. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so mm-hmm. funny. I feel like there's that very old and horrible sexist thing that like a woman should be seen and not heard. I feel like there was a generation of fathers who were seen and not heard. Like, I think my mom was like, I asked her to describe her father to me once and she was like, he was quiet. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. I think dads were kind of like, I am here, but I do not talk. Yeah. <laughs> we do not talk about right. things. Like, this is not my business. This is your business. And I, and like that, that is a, you know, a, a tip for, I think, any relationship. Like, oftentimes I, I feel like I can't contribute to a, to a situation, like, because I have, I have not contributed to it. Mm. So if I'm coming in and it's like, I, like suddenly I'm, you know, like watching Catherine, like, busily trying to get something done like lunch or we're going out and we have to get all of the all of the correct items together the various for going things out to so collect that, the like, baby goo disasters <laughs> are present are, are prevented once we're out yeah um you know you don't want to be out and have poop all over the place and not have extra pants <laughs> so all that stuff um and and if i haven't done it before then i'm like well the division of labor says that the person who is an expert at this task should be doing the task and that means that the person who is better continues to get better at it. And the person who is worse continues to get worse at it. Right. Like, especially by comparison. Right. And like, in some ways, like economically, we have learned that it's actually better to divide labor and to not have everyone be an expert in everything. Mm. And 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 I think that in in a household, in a partnership, uh, you know, in, in like a, you know, a loving partnership there there should be some division of labor you know they um, we used to have I, a whole like, villages that raise children you know yeah yeah yes and and that was that is in many ways something that we have lost and that i think is it is is a significant loss yeah um and yes yeah and, and is something that to to try and find um but but i also think that like there is in a partnership you know, this is not an economic system. This is not like your your household is not capitalism. Like it is a, it should be a, a you know, socialist experience where mm-hmm. I am doing something that even though this isn't my task, I'm doing it and I need to learn how to do it. And I need to understand what my partner's going through and and I need to take on those responsibilities. And yeah, for me, that has been fairly easy. Um, I, but it was a shift. Like, it, I mean, of course, like there's, a lot of, you know, Learning suddenly curve. having, you know, the the most important uh, project of your life put on your lap, literally, mm. um, is, uh, it, it, you know, and like you didn't have it one day and the next day you did is, is going to be a big shift. But also it was a shift in terms of like how I understand my relationship with my wife and how I understand like who she is because it's, you know, it's one thing to like have, you know, a, a baby in the house and like watch that baby become a person. It's another thing to like suddenly have like, a partner. I have a mom in the house and yeah. a dad in the house. And like I get, have to, and I like, get to watch Catherine become a mom, which mm. is also a, like a process. And also, like, a, you know, it's been a really joyful thing. That's a really beautiful observation, Hank. And I'm, I'm glad that like you've got enough. I'm glad that you have the space to kind of observe yourself in this moment because it is it is a total shift. You have a shared partnership and a shared project with Catherine in a way that you've never had before. And it's more mm-hmm. than running a household. It's you guys both share your heart walking around outside your body. That's oh, her God, heart yeah. and that's your heart. And he's walking around and he's gonna, you know, you don't want him to bump into anything. Hey, at least you're past the phase where he can't hold up his own massive head. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's so amazing that everyone mostly continues to have kids every generation. And it's like, to me, it's like the bravest thing you could ever do. Yeah. I just, it seems so hard. <laughs> yeah. So scary. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy, also easy to forget that, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that this wasn't a choice people made it's just a thing that happened yeah and uh you know and also just even if it was a choice it it was you know the it was it was the 
it was the path laid out for you and no other path was made clear. Right. And so even if there was a, a way to walk down another path, that path was so unusual to take that, you know, it often ended up, you know, if you were taking that path either by choice or by, you know, necessity because of infertility, that that was something that inevitably brought shame. Yeah. Yeah. And that's terrible. Like, that's just a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah, now I have a question. Like, have you and Catherine talked about um, Catherine, who I love very much, <laughs> who rocks and is a delight and a badass and hilarious and just uh, just like I love you guys as a couple. Like, it's just great. Um, have you and Catherine talked about kind of like you know? It's I, I, I imagine, and I'm just I'm just imagining. I'm just using my imagination. But like, as Oren gets older, and you run into uh, these social constructs of boys don't cry or, you know, other households mm-hmm. being like, you know, this or that makes him less of a man or what is a man mm-hmm. even? Like, have you and Catherine at all, like, kind of discussed, like, you know, how do we, I don't know, like, are you daunted by that task, I guess, of like, how do we raise our our son to have a full spectrum of emotion in a society that does not mm-hmm. uh, ah, good question, allow dude. for it or encourage it for men? Yeah, that that has a very the society still has a very particular idea of what being a a man is and what being a boy is and um and yeah, I mean that's a, that is something that concerns me and that I have tried to read some about like how do you foster um well, how do, how do you allow like one allow for and and be open to like your child experiencing the world in the, the way that they experience it mm-hmm. and like you know, that is, I think, to some extent, maybe easier for me because, like, you know, just like... Well, you've we had a go of being a boy. And, you've been a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But but I, I mean, like, so so the what I'm talking about is, like, the internal, like, who he is and letting him be that. Mm-hmm. In the household, I feel like, is is fairly easy because I don't feel restrictive mm. as as long as he's not, like, thoughtless... Um, and cruel like that's something that i would definitely you know am, am on the lookout because i think that that children can be thoughtless and cruel and i think that's normal but i think that's, that that's how they learn that, boundaries like, it's like i'm not they gonna pick like up a bunny. foster his yeah. his thoughtless cruelness um but so but then, but then there's like the external like the feedback that he's getting and experiencing like being shamed for being you know not manly or and, and like you know and I don't think this is just like I live in Montana, and so I think that like even in California, you have kids who are still insulting each other by calling each other gay. Mm-hmm. You have you know oh, like yeah. don't be such a girl, and, and like there's a very or encouraging you know, each and, other to be thoughtless and cruel with the idea of boys will right. be boys, which is just right. as toxic and just as dangerous because then you're not giving mm-hmm. him healthy boundaries because you're allowing him to do whatever he needs right. because boys will just be boys, right? And uh, and so trying to find that you know to some extent as the father of a two-year-old i feel like this is going to have to be stuff that i learn through practice especially having uh you know realized how how much of fatherhood is and parenthood in general is learning through practice like there's just stuff that you can't learn in a book Mm -hmm. and like that that was some of the stuff that i was most afraid of when i was just like i like every time some before i had a child every time someone had handed me a baby i didn't know what to do with it and i said to a friend of mine who was a dad i was like i'm like legit scared that i'm just gonna be bad at holding babies and he was like that is the dumbest fear i've ever heard you like you will be bad at holding a baby for the first week and then you will pick it up with one hand for the rest of your life yeah like you'll carry it like a football you're like like a suitcase (laughs) Just like grab the like he's laying down on the ground, uh, having a tantrum. Just grab him by the shirt yep. and the button parts, and lift the buttons up, and you are now coming inside with me. I mean, um, I don't know why people are so delicate with their. I'm like, they're made of rubber. Well, they're made to bounce well, back. <laughs> newborns are are like they're made of rubber, and you have to be careful. Fragile meat just sacks. Like, none of their bones work. It's ridiculous. But God, okay. but by the time they're two, like yeah, you can't you. You basically can't uh, you, you can't mess up with a two year old when I, it right on his head. When I first learned about the the soft spot 
which still terrifies oh, me to this it's day. It's so weird. I it was really really hard because <laughs> mm. you know for those who might not know the soft spot means the to have the baby go through the birth canal and come out or whatever the skull hasn't fully formed. It's not like a hard rock that we have around our heads in case yeah. now it's got some it's got a little bit of growing left to do so that means that effectively the baby's brain <laughs> is just <laughs> under the surface of the skin on the top of the head <gasps> yeah yeah you can poke them right in the brain if you want to and maybe that's how like the secrets of the universe get in though Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they say some people theorize when we're infants, we know everything. And as we get older, we start to forget. The Cupid's bow. um, That's where all all the the, the secrets go in. (laughs) Yeah, you can put your finger on it. You can feel their pulse (laughs) in their brain. How long does a baby have a soft spot again? How many months? Like a month? Uh, It's like more than a year. No, before the soft spots all the way closed. Yeah, all the way, all the way. But like a layer, like a layer at a time builds. It's not. I just remember when Maggie was born, holding this fragile porcelain meat sack that wasn't (laughs) fully connected. (laughs) Yeah, and just it was that feeling. You know, when you're like, you get that feeling in your legs when you're standing on the edge of something, and you're like, "Don't jump!" Oh my god, and you have to step backwards because your legs feel all like, "What if they just jumped?" Mm -hmm. Or like if you're sitting in class and all of a sudden you're just like, "Oh my god, don't say fuck, don't yell, don't yell fuck." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had that feeling looking at baby Maggie being like that's her brain don't poke it don't poke I think it. that's pretty common it's so yeah yeah absolutely right. I'm just saying like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sharing yeah oh no no I gotta gotta it's yeah. just, so one of the many yeah. scary things yeah. about about new boards uh well Hank I wanted to ask yeah so you mentioned talking to a friend who has a baby and going back to raising like a well-rounded child who isn't super pigeonholed into one role of masculinity does it help to have other uh, fathers that you can talk to and like friends and things because i know you know like moms as a group like kind of rule the world mm-hmm. sort of you just hear about moms getting together all the time yep. so does that yep. uh do you have like a, a group of fathery friends you can get together with um i in my friend group in missoula um, you know, so I sort of have two friend groups. I have like my, my age friends and my young friends who are mostly people who work for me. Um, <laughs> and so like my, my age friends who are like a lot from grad school, all of them have kids now, uh, and they all had kids before me. So I am very lucky in that respect that, oh. and also that we live in a community that's like, it's really n- more normal to be open about emotions and problems and struggles um not and but not like as open as i would say that like my female friends are with each other still Mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah I, i have both like people who live here in missoula who i feel very uh comfortable going to if i have like you know like concerns about uh it could be you know anything like kids marriage work mm-hmm. whatever and uh and also like you know try to reach out to when i think that they might be having a hard time with something mm-hmm. and uh and then and then i also have some people who i you know know from the internet who i talk to about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that's wonderful Would and you it's say- almost like it's almost easier because we're not in the same community so having somebody who i you know respect and know and like and, and who also has like a similar <laughs> job to me to be able to to reach out and and like know that it's like words not going to get back to other people in Missoula because they don't even know any of my friends. Mm. Mm. And I would say like as long as some of your Internet friends aren't feeling too mouthy and pushy and maybe Hannah Hart just a little more calm at that moment. <laughs> sometimes you guys can have really great conversations. <laughs> well, I was just thinking it seems like it'd be so helpful to have um a group who specifically want are concerned about gender role and stuff because role roles um mm-hmm. because that is such like a tidal yeah, wave like a support that group. just like comes like it's like every day is this onslaught of like no, like socializing gender norms and I mean my nephew is two and he already is just like trucks 
like hammers blue green like you know and yeah my nephew yeah. is also two and it's like i've had to talk to my sister because i have no you know oh all of us are the uh products of our parents experimentation right <laughs> and all of our children mm-hmm. will be the same like they'll be the products of ours and you know as a as an aunt uh it's hard to like that's your that's not my kid right and because we don't have the mm-hmm. village thing like mm-hmm. you you know what i mean like you have to be really delicate in navigating that by being like, hey, like, if your husband is more conservative, like, what if your kid's gay like me? Like, I just hope this is a nurturing environment. Or like, is he already saying mm-hmm. boys don't cry stuff? That's, he's really little. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> but it's so, mm-hmm. you know, but you got to navigate that delicately. And oh, like, yeah. Because, oh yeah, is it really, your, you know, your place or like. But then why isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What Some is- family members don't even think twice about sticking their nose in everything. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we? Fa- what is family? What does it even mean? I just. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hank, what should we be asking yeah. you next? <laughs> oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, for, first off, like, I think that yeah, I, I, in my experience with one boy in my life, <laughs> um, and how, I, how I'm, old is and your son? That, like, Oh, t- this t- is t- all. Go, go, go. This is all, of course, tendencies. But like, Oren was definitely into trucks, like way more than he was. Like he has, do- he has like his little buddy doll that he likes, and he has Pebble, who is another doll that he likes, and he plays with the dolls, and uh, and he really likes butterflies. Super into butterflies. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried when like Oren starts to like the fact that he's like super into construction equipment. Like I, I. Like, he's very into construction equipment. There was a pipe being laid in our road, and there was nothing in the world that was better for that that stage of, of Orn growing up when he was, like, 11 months old than being able to, like, walk down our road and see backhoes. It was the coolest mm-hmm, thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm also not concerned that he's, like, super into butterflies. Like, he also mm-hmm. loves butterflies, and it's his favorite thing. And when he ever sees a butterfly anywhere... He says his like words for butterflies, which does not sound anything like butterfly. And, uh, and I'm like, where the frick is the butterfly right now, man? And I'm looking and I'm looking and it's like, oh, it's on the like no GMO label on the back of the yogurt. There's a butterfly. <laughs> I'm like, man, you are got your eyes out for butterflies right now. Oh, you're um, right. But, that is but, a butterfly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I what I am into is like finding what he's interested in and and like encouraging that and fostering it and being like, it's so great that you're into that and I want you to focus on it and and like spend time with the stuff that you love. And mm-hmm. so I'm not like, I'm not thinking about like, is this, I, I'm not like afraid. Oh no, he's into like gendered stuff. He's into right. trucks. Right. And and he is like, our neighbor has a blue truck and every time the blue truck pulls up, Orn's like, like he gets out of his chair and like he's strapped in and he's like struggling against it. And he's like, blue truck, blue <laughs> truck. And I'm like, yeah, it's a blue truck, man. It's just a blue Aww. truck. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. So, yeah, like, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to get too, too, like, in my head about it. Right. Because, mm-hmm. like, ultimately, like, what he's into is what he's into. What, and then when that starts to shift is I think that, like, in our house, it's, like, it's going to be very difficult for Oren to feel shame about anything because we're just, like, we love you so much. Like, he, feel, he felt shame the other day when he bit me very hard. And, uh, and it's very sad to see him feel bad about something. But at well. the same time, my, my finger hurt a lot. So <laughs> yeah. maybe he should feel a little bad. He should. Uh, he should, which is healthy, you know? Which how is else good. do we learn? And, um, yeah, it, what I'm more concerned about is when he's you know, when he's communicating and he has friends and, and especially living in Montana where like, there's like a diversity of opinions in this state. Um, like him feeling shamed for like, if, you know, if he's into butterflies, which is a normal thing for anyone to be into for, for someone to say that that's girly and, Mm -hmm. and for, for that to be said in a way where girly is implicitly negative Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to handle that, figuring out how to, how to deal with that. Like, that's not easy. That's not simple. And I understand that people will deal with it in different ways. And, uh, and we're just going to have to like play it by ear and figure it out our way. Mm, Good God. If I didn't already love and respect you, I would love and respect you even more. Uh, and I've just talked to you for the first time, and I'm very sad that you're already married and have a child. I'm oh, also God. happy for you, but... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> On that note, uh, we have to take a quick break for Hannah Gelb to cool her jets. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. And for I us hope to, you're not uncomfortable now. <laughs> and for us to listen to a word from these sponsors. Woo!
Hey, Hannah Gelb, can I ask you a question? Uh, absolutely, my friend. Do you ever look in the mirror and think, oh my God, ew. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <gasps> and lately, like, a lot. <laughs> Well, I do too. No, I think I love you, beautiful face. But I do sometimes find that I just don't have enough time to be as beautiful as I want to. Guys, if you're busy like me, you know the first step in any beauty routine is finding time for it and the desire to do it at all. So true. So true. This is why brands like Wander Beauty exist. Wander Beauty is a line of multitasking beauty essentials that are easy to use and travel friendly. So you can get ready in five minutes and stay gorgeous on the go. Yes. And also, Wander Beauty is cruelty free and made with ingredients your skin will love. So you do not have to feel guilty when you look good. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. You'll be like, ah, nothing suffered from this flawless complexion. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So get more time in your day. It's time to make over your morning with Wander Beauty. Get 20% off your first purchase at wanderbeauty.com slash earbuds. That's wanderbeauty.com slash earbuds for 20% off. Wanderbeauty.com slash earbuds. And... Just remember, earbuds, we think you're beautiful inside and out. But really, we're just trying to save you some time. Hannah? Oh, God, you're just an artist, dude. I can't, I've got nothing else. No, what is it? Oh, wow. Well, that was we, so great. Look at this abundance of time we have now. I guess we should uh, get back to the show. Oh, yeah. And we're back. Yay. Yay. Okay, I just want to say, I feel like I need to defend myself. To the listeners. Um, of course, I think everyone should be into what they're into. And yeah, I don't want anyone to be like, wait, am I doing it wrong? Because I allow my <laughs> son to play with trucks. No, 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 of course not. I just worry that the roles do get so restrictive. And I think I'm projecting a little bit because I feel like I think my life would be totally different if I had been more mm-hmm. um, mindful of that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I really liked science and like math growing up and then I think in like high school early college I was just like well I'm not good at those things I guess they're you know, I just never felt very oh, encouraged God. to take up that stuff. That breaks my heart because the same thing... And then thing I got was- a stupid liberal arts major. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, excuse me. Don't badmouth liberal arts majors. They're great. As you are yourself one, and so am I. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, it's interesting too because the same thing happened to Ella is that she really, really loved math and science and then hit the high school gender gap for it mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. and she just felt alienated from the subject you know and it was just like well what are you even going to do with that like what you're going to become a scientist um, right. and even now mm-hmm. i'm like well it's not too late but it is so intimidating and so dominated by sure you know mm. men. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean it is it is to, in some like I always try to like keep in mind that like society is showing us very obvious paths and that it is very difficult to take a non-obvious path. Yeah. Lots of people like people do it. People figure out how to make it work. Um and like so so I like I remember the first time I ever saw a trans person mm-hmm. uh, in in the real world and I was like why is that uh why am I making know, note wh- of like, it? Why is what and I and I you know like my my first impulse of course was just like that this is a funny weird thing and like this there's a guy cross dressing at Target and uh, and had no idea what what transgender meant and and neither did anyone that I knew mm-hmm. um, and like and now I think about that woman and how hard she was fighting to find the path that worked mm. and and right. like you know to be openly trans in the nineties <sighs> um, and like. And 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 how like a lot of the work we're doing right now is to to make it more clear that there are more paths. Yes. So to make to, and that doesn't mean that like that you know that in some extent I, to some extent I think that the paths were created by the people in power who are mostly white guys who are trying to like who who are only seeing the world from their perspective and so like not thinking that there was a problem with the paths that the, as they had been laid out because they were good for. You know, yeah, them, and it's like, well, if we continue to make this the options, then we will maintain our foothold, and or you know, right? And like, so yeah, yeah and, these and, are the only I, options as dictated by God, <laughs> right? <laughs> it just seems that way to us. It Isn't seems that great it seems when God's values align with yours. 
<laughs> yeah, and I, I, I like to try and not think that it was malicious, that it was just ignorant mm. and also that and and then when it was threatened people would fight against it mm. and it, like it makes sense to me that like they'd be like oh no no we can't you can't try and think about a different path that seems very wrong to me and in some ways that's because society is of course going to have taboos and in some ways that's because no we're trying to protect the good like i get to come home and have sex whenever i want and dinners on the table and like all <laughs> and, and then i'm at work like palling around with my buddies slapping my secretary's butt like it's a pretty good life i mean it sounds um, great don't <laughs> well it doesn't though because it doesn't though and like i'm gonna tie this back to the the rearing stages because that generation as we for those of you who watch mad men like those men you know were emotionally repressed yeah. and alcoholics and I, you know like some but, like, of them some, some of them, them. not I all mean, of them. i think the ones that you make good tv shows about were but i think some of them probably were do were just perfectly happy yeah, but I don't, I mean, like, yes, 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 yes. And I just feel like when, when you, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I want to put it in terms of painting. You have a child, a small child. You put an array of colors in front of them. You know, there's 10 known paint colors or whatever that you're using. Mm-hmm. Why would we take away some of the colors from certain kids? Let's just mm-hmm. give them all the colors and let them paint however they want, Right. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. that is where I hope directionally we can encourage people to go and support people to go, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But right. then at the same time, not being that's like a, you picked the wrong colors. <laughs> exactly by taking the colors away. Yes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I mean it's you know we were talking about like I think Hannah, you just Hannah Gelb, you just said um, that like maybe that path is still open, but it is so hard. So if like Ella wanted to like stop you know, being an amazing video producer and <laughs> business person and wanted to like go be a scientist. Like that would be a weird path. That mm-hmm. is not clear. It's not open. And like that color has kind of been taken away by society just because it's like, that's not normal. You yeah. don't go back to school to like get your bachelor's degree in chemistry right. at the age of, I don't know how old Ella is. Right. She's 28. But if she wanted to, she a could. Child. Okay. A child. Excuse me. That is why. And she'd go back and she'd be the coolest person in that chemistry department. Everybody'd be like, You're so cool. I know, she really would. Um, (laughs) She's not a child, I'm just It's fine. Me a child. You know what fucks me up is thinking about the fact that she was twenty five when we started dating. Dude. I was twenty eight. Twenty (laughs) nine. God, oh, she was man. like, "You'll find we as you get older, you find so many different ways to be disturbed by how old you are." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I had like a panic attack yesterday because I was stalking Emily Blunt and John Krasinski on the internet, and oh. Emily mm-hmm. Blunt's like two years older than me. She's like thirty-five. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, and we're, she's perfect. Wait a minute, we're almost thirty-five. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hold on. John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively. I have very few Hollywood couples after Will Arnett and Amy Poehler broke up. You know, sometimes I think about Alanis Morissette, and don't you just think she's kind of like, oh, fuck you, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, my God. Ryan Reynolds and Alanis Morissette were together? Yeah. They were engaged? He's in a music video of hers. I don't know if they were engaged, but they were together. They were. And now he's with Blake Lively, who is like a human Barbie doll. Oh, she's. Have you seen A Simple Favor? Treat yourself. Uh, I know she's so she's gorgeous. <laughs> Anyways, back to the topic at hand. <laughs> I'm just like World. busily googling all the people you're talking about because I don't know <laughs> what any who any of them are, and I'm like, do I know who that is? I can guarantee, I can assure you that I have no idea who Blake Lively is. Oh. I kind of recognized Emily Blunt. I would like you to Google Blake Lively white <laughs> suit. A simple favor. White suit white suit yeah white suit a simple favor what Hank you think a woman can wear a suit <laughs> there's a lot wait oh a simple flavor designer Blake Lively white suit <laughs> I'm so happy we're okay. live Google searching I'm right opening now the, I'm opening the photograph oh my <laughs> This is the kind of thing that I feel like Hannah Hart's could fucks fucks with. Yeah. Um, right there. I'm oh pretty my sure God. that's what Hannah's going to wear to her wedding. I mean, she was just, I mean, it was the best. Jesus Christ, what a look. Ugh. Anyway, so. I also like that she's like just standing in a hotel lobby with a cane. Yeah. It's just like, this isn't like a nice place. This isn't a fashion shoot. There's a wall outlet behind her. I she's know. just like hanging out. 
I'm going to make sure I'm going to copy and paste this to so make sure that we have it on hand for the day of the podcast next week or sorry today um, <laughs> to make sure we post it. Um, oh, wonderful. Well, Hank, I mean, you know, I feel like we've, we've covered a lot of good stuff. Do you want to talk about the book a bit? Or, you know, I feel like I just think it's it's so rare that I have the opportunity that like I'm near a young a man who's a new father and a modern father. And it really comforts me. It gives me hope when I talk to you about the way you're thinking about your, how you're, how you guys as a team are raising your son, you know? I mean, it, it terrifies me that, that, that one day, like this would be something that I could have an expertise in and that I would advise other people on. But I don't, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I feel like I can advise on like the two years that have happened so far, which has been, you know, I think the big part of, of parenthood is like shifting, like the shifting of priorities and how do you maintain the, the responsibilities you've taken on as a person who didn't have a child and combine that with the new responsibility that is, you know, more important than the old ones, but like you still want to fulfill previous obligations mm-hmm. and also not completely burn out kill yourself and mm-hmm. and, and you know and i don't know i mean i don't know if it's a realistic expectation that you'll ever be an expert you'll just have your experience that you can relay i don't think anyone becomes an expert in terms of child rearing it's just mostly like well because the circumstances are always in flux every person that has a baby has a new array of like dna chemical nature blah 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 blah, blah mm-hmm. and social society stuff so it's like all we can do is support each other and be honest about here are the things I'm struggling with, here are the things I'm worried about, here are the things I found successful. But I, I, I you know, right. don't don't worry about ever yeah. being an expert parent. <laughs> okay, good, thanks. thanks for Although the, you can be an expert on Missoula. Um, yeah, I mean, I and I, I know like that doing this in you know in a place where there's a you know a pretty broad diversity of opinions will also sometimes be struggles. I have friends who live in rural Montana who are very progressive um, and, and have a farm and, uh, and their child goes to a school where every one of the children that they go to school with is being raised by somebody who voted for Donald Trump. And I'm just like, this is like, would be a very difficult way to live. And they have chosen to live that way. Like she could get a job in the city and he could get a job in the city and they could sell their farm. Um, but like the the openness and understanding that like that requires and mm-hmm. also like I think I feel like the fear that your child will be, you know, influenced by that perspective and and drawn into it is also like that seems very intense to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um and, and I think that that is a uh You know, yeah. Weirdly, like one of the one of my like great concerns as a parent is that, you know, the 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 values that, like values that cool. I do not share will will be appealing to my child and that I, I will be like, I just, I, like, I can't have a good, like, having that political rift in the way that, you know, many families do now, um, you know, have it be a barrier to, you know, to, to a, yeah. you know, a very, very open relationship. Wouldn't it be amazing so if we could plan? Among the many fears that you get to have <laughs> as a parent, that's the other thing. I like, I never knew what fear was until I had a kid. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's so interesting. Like, most people are like, I didn't know what love was. Well, and <laughs> that, that too. So I appreciate you that, being very uh, honest. Connected, connected things. Wouldn't it be um, amazing if we, could, if we could plan what our child will rebel against with us? Like, oh yeah. Well, I think that I, I honestly think this is like a key to like ultimate success in humanity is creating rebellions for young people to have that are productive for society and not dangerous to them. Mm. And I think that it's hard because we continue to take the ones that are. Like if there's if I have any argument against the legalization of marijuana, that is it. I mm. think that kids should rebel by getting high. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Hank, I think you have the title for your next book, which will be "Ultimate Success for Humanity," <laughs> and you can touch on these topics. And I'm very uh, looking forward to reading it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, I hate to let you go, but like, I feel amazing and you're wonderful and brilliant and I love you so much. Is that a garage door opening? 
Yeah, sorry. Maybe <laughs> let's stop until the garage door continues to close. My <laughs> office is share, my office shares a wall with the garage. That must okay, be really just, convenient for you. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, people don't go in and out that often. Um, Hannah and Hannah, also, I wanted to point out that you guys are going to be at PodCon, an yeah. event that I'm helping to run. Thank Yay! you for coming to PodCon. Yes, oh and where God. can people, Hank, where can people learn more about PodCon? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh my God. The garage door is not closing. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> this will be it, though. Being a dad. It's got hey. it's got to open and close. Wait, is Catherine okay. gonna is Catherine gonna go to PodCon? Catherine will be at PodCon. We're doing a live episode of Delete This, our podcast where she criticizes my Twitter feed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's we listen to it. <laughs> um, it's I did really not great. know that it's existed. my favorite podcast in the world. It's, it's very it's very funny. good. Um, now I'm obsessed in with Seattle. It. Seattle, Washington. You can get tickets now. It's January 19th and 20th. We also have digital attendance, so you can buy uh, your digital attendance, and then it will be delivered. The entire conference, all of our panels and uh, live podcasts and et cetera, weird things that we're doing, will be delivered into your podcast app. Um, so you can get that as well. You can go to podcon.com to find out more and all the cool people who are going to be there, like the McElroys are going to be there and <laughs> Hannah Hart and Hannah Gelber are going to be there <laughs> and I'm going to be there. My brother's going to be there. Uh, the guys from Welcome to Nightville, Roman Mars, um, and a bunch of the stoop is going to, there's just, it's a very long list. Wow. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for it to happen. It's coming up now. I know. It's so close. It's just around the corner. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, please check out more about PodCon at PodCon.com and find more of Hank at various places across the internet. You can buy his book, his brand new bestseller, number one New York Times bestselling book, an absolutely remarkable thing. And you can follow Hank online uh, across the board at Hank Green, I believe. Or Hank, what, what are your yeah, socials? Yeah, I'm Hank Green at pretty much everywhere. Yeah, cool. Can people Google Hank Green in white suit? Will, that, <laughs> will anything come up? <laughs> Definitely have never worn a white suit in my life. I've worn like one suit. Oh, my God. I have one suit. It's the only suit I've ever worn. Except I need... for like... Okay, well, it's just I something guess... you might want to think about. <laughs> Prom, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean for prom. Oh my god, awesome! Uh, and then, guys, as as per usual, if you're new to the Analyzes family, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, and follow us online at the Twitter at Analyze Pod. Hannah Gelb, what's been going on on the Twitter lately? Oh, just lots of uh, the face emoji with the hearts around it. Ah, oh, perfect. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Hank, it was so lovely talking to you. I'm so happy that we got to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I loved it. Thank you, Hank. We'll see you so soon. And we'll see you guys next week where we have special guest Andy from Headspace, the founder of one of my favorite apps. Make sure you subscribe. Don't miss out. And as always, I love you. God bless you. (laughs) We love our earbuds. Have a great day.